Welcome back to Season 4, Episode 16 of the FASD Family Life Podcast. This is the only show about FASD hosted by an FASD specialist and a parent with 30 years lived experience. I'm Robbie Seal, your host and mom to five incredible kids, including three teens diagnosed with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. As an FASD specialist, it is my passion to help families thrive. To learn more about me and my work, check out my website, fasdfamilylife.ca. I started this podcast to be the friend I wish I had when my kids were young and to bring hope to weary parents. I wanted to share what I've learned in working in residential treatment and raising my own children impacted by trauma and prenatal alcohol exposure. I pour my heart, soul, and hundreds of unpaid hours into the production of the FASD Family Life Podcast. And all that hard work's paying off. Since 2021, the podcast has grown to nearly 45,000 downloads worldwide. But I need your help to keep going and growing. Consider becoming a monthly sponsor. Your gift of $20 per month would enable me to keep sharing hope and teach the skills needed to reduce stress and improve the lives of people with FASD and the families who love them. And I've made it easy. There's a link in the show notes that says support the show. I need to say this. We are not medical professionals and we're not nutritionists. So please check with your primary care provider before making any changes to your child's diet or medication. Well, hi, welcome back to the FASD Family and Life podcast. I'm so excited for this episode and I know you will be too. The last couple of weeks, I've been speaking with Dr. Jared Brown, and we've been talking about nutrition, particularly sugar. He blew my mind. I had no idea the damage sugar causes to our bodies and the link between brain health and gut health, and then what sugar does to that. Then we enjoyed that conversation so much that Dr. Brown and I decided, let's talk even more about sugar. And in the next episode, we spoke about sugar-sweetened beverages. And I know I was challenged again to look at my own uh, diet and my own intake of sugar and think about that as it is for my kids too. And I've had a lot of feedback from you all and I appreciate that. This week, we're going to get practical. This week, I'm speaking with a mom who's got the lived experience of not only changing her own nutrition, but that of her family. And what we're going to talk about today is the nutritional intervention for FASD. So I'm going to ask my guest to introduce herself to you and we're going to have this wonderful conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Robbie. I'm um, a little on fire about this topic and hearing your podcast with Dr. Jared Brown the past few weeks, I've just been like feeling validated that I'm not this crazy mom out here for the last 10 years that's kind of been on my own doing this and telling people about it, but not really feeling like anybody gets it. So thank you for diving into this topic because I think it's a super important one and we've seen benefits in our family for our daughter. Oh, my pleasure. We know each other only from Facebook and we've had some interaction there on Facebook. And it was there that you shared with me how you've changed the diet in your family. And what I was so intrigued by, Darlene, is that it wasn't all about saying no, no, no. Because you and I both know it that's a setup for failure. If we're just going to restrict our kids' diet and restrict all the time, it's it's going to be suffering and agony and fights all the way around. That's not what this is about. And so I'm really excited to learn about your journey with your daughter. Thank you. Yeah. So this started for us probably 10 years ago. Um, So our daughter is now 15, almost 16. Um, And when she was very little, she had um, severe reflux. And so 
um, we were seeing a GI doctor and they did an endoscopy on her, um, probably it was 10 years ago, and found that her esophagus right to her stomach was very burned inside, like really the poor kid, like she was poor just, kid. Yeah. it was hard. And so um, they had put us on all these other medications, nothing had really helped us, did the endoscopy and he found she had a, a severe hiatal hernia, meaning that the stomach is pushing up into the esophagus and not closing. So me and my, um, I'm a fixer. I like to find problem solve and find ways to do things. And I found this whole thing about taking out the major allergens to help with reflux. And so we kind of fell into this world of this nutritional um, approach. But so that was taking out gluten, dairy, corn, soy, egg, the five main allergens. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you guys all hear that? Gluten, dairy, soy, egg, and corn. Yes. Like what's left? There's lots. And so <laughs> I know it sounds very stressful. So, of course, I go to the drawing board. I'm like, okay, I want to pull all of this out. But I'm not going to announce this to my child, right? I'm not going to be like, hey, so we're going gluten dairy free now. And we're oh, we're not going to have corn flakes anymore. I, I, there was no announcement. <laughs> That's it the was, genius. That's that's yes. the genius. We talked about that before. Sorry to interrupt you, but yes. I get so excited because yes. when we talked about before, you said I swapped out this for that. And I even yes. put it in this. I forget what it was now, but you even put it in the same bottle. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> you are a woman after my own heart. Like, let's how do we do this and make it work? Exactly. So it wasn't <laughs> like so today we're not going to be having cornflakes anymore. Like it was none of that. So what I did was I, I sat down the one night thinking, okay, I got to do this. This poor child is like burned from her throat to her stomach. Like I got to help her. So I wrote a list of all of our foods, like the main staples of what we eat, right? So the cereals that she loves, the pastas that she loves, the snacky crackers that she loves, um, the dips and the, you know, the, the little things that she loves to do, the, the spices that we would use, um, the treats that we would have, the cupcakes, the icing, the food coloring, all of that. So I made a whole list of kind of our staple foods and then I just hit hit Google and I'm like, OK, there's got to be alternatives. Right. And so 10 years ago, there was a good amount of gluten free options. Right. There's gluten free, um, um, you know, cereals. There's gluten free breads. Um, there's all kinds of options. So we went down the list and I just kind of shifted out our house. I just made the shift, didn't announce it. Got rid of the pasta, brought in a rice pasta, not a corn pasta, brought in a rice pasta. Didn't really know. We just, that's just what started to be our norm. You did the shift. I love that. And, you know, you went on to Google, the the research of all moms everywhere. I know yes. um, <laughs> it, it can lead us to good paths and, and not so good paths, but I'm glad exactly. in this case it did. Yep. Uh, I'm thinking about, my gosh, I love that you shifted the diet in the family. It wasn't just the child. So yes. here we are modeling as well. And we're doing a whole shift. How about your your partner? Um, did Did your partner accept this shift or were there some behind closed doors conversations or how did that go? Um, no, actually, it was all good. It was like, because honestly, we, I found such great alternatives. Like I would go to family functions with like a pasta salad that's gluten free and dairy free. And everyone's like, oh, the best pasta salad. And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Awesome. right. So there's ways of, of you know, it, it's not a huge because everyone thinks gluten free. Or yeah. how do you do without dairy? Ugh. I'm like, oh, there's just we are in 10 years later. It is even way 
bigger now. Like there's so many more options. So it brought us to that world of, of those allergens. Now, within seven months, we went back for an endoscopy and the GI looked at us and he said, she is pristine inside. From her, from her swallowing down to herself was pristine. There was not one burn mark. There was not one anything. And that just solidified it for me. I'm oh, like, okay, yeah. we're going to do this. So we fell into this due to reflux. But as we kind of saw things happening, or she may, we may be at a family function, she would maybe get some gluten. Because then we're like, okay, once in a while, you know, that's fine if she has some pasta at grandma's. We started to see some really weird behaviors coming out more so than we had seen before when she would have the gluten or she might have dairy. And I was like, this is weird. Like, she's really got this anxiety, like, and anger, like, wow. So then that got me back to Google again and, and Googling major allergens and mental health. And I found an article that was called Nutritional Intervention for FASD. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is actually a thing that some people have done and, and looked at. So read through that, and it talked then a lot about food dyes and preservatives. And I realized that the gluten-free cereal we were giving her, at that time, Rice Krispies was gluten-free, like regular Rice Krispies was gluten-free. And I was like, thought I was being great. But on the box, on the label, it, looking for now preservatives, was BHT. So BHT is a banned substance in Europe. Um, oh, wow. Mm-hmm, but it's in our packaging to keep things fresh. So there's a few different preservatives now that I'm like, oh. And so reading this nutritional intervention, I'm like, Okay, I want to pull out the food dye. I want to pull out the the preservatives and try to make her diet as whole as I can, or all of us, really. Um, So a lot of the preservatives, so EDTA is another one. BHT is one. All the food dyes, red, yellow, blue, whatever fake color there is, we took it all out. And we saw this little girl really settle and just not be quite as angry or ragey. Is it really that or is it that she's growing up a little bit? You know, my husband tended to be the one that was like, yeah, it's probably just the color of her underwear today. Like it has nothing to do with food dye. Because <laughs> girls so are so like, complicated. <laughs> right, right. It's just, yeah, like it's just, he says, it, it's, we always try. We know that I'm, I'm sure every mom or dad can uh, attest to this, that when you've had a great day with your child, you're like, what did we do? Yeah. What was it about today? Like, what did they eat? What did they drink? Where, like, why was it a great day? I always say the planets have all aligned. That's what's yes, happening. <laughs> exactly. There's no rhyme or reason. But so now we're on this road of her reflexes under control. But now I've read this article and I'm starting to pull out the food dyes and the preservatives. Um, it's actually called the fine gold diet. I had a mom message me and say, have you ever tried the fine gold diet, which is taking out salicylates? So now we're getting a little more in depth, not just gluten, dairy, corn, soy, egg, but now food dyes, preservatives, um, and then even salicylates are found in a lot of fruits and vegetables. So I'm like, okay, I need to do a food journal. I want to keep track of what she's eating and drinking and seeing if I can connect behavior, um, like her moods, her her lack of sleep, anything that kind of correlates. So I'm I'm got my book, I've got the journal going you know, telling what is our day? Has our day been busy? Did we have company drop in? What was it like? She slept good, yes or no, and started to see some things really jump out at me, right? So apple juice, I was like, whenever she had a day with like a lot of apple juice, it it correlated into behavior, it correlated into sleep. 
So I did this food journal for probably three months solid, really kept track and dad like doing that. Um, and so it really stood out to us that, you know what, this is a, this is a thing. And so we've been on this journey now and we have been gluten, dairy, corn, soy, egg free, dye free, mostly sugar free um, and preservative free. And so it has taken time, but we are having a blast finding those alternatives. Right. So it's not like I've announced we're taking it all out. It's just, you know what, we know that food dye is just not great for your brain. Right. And so when she was younger, it was easy for me to swap out like a sucker, right, or the gum or the chocolate that's dairy free, right? It's easy enough. I will admit now that she's into the teen years, um, we are a little privileged that we're homeschooling, so she doesn't see the other teens are eating or consuming every day at school. But she knows, she sees, you know, when we go to family things and she's starting to get a little bit more like, I want to have that, like, I don't want to have to eat this way. But we're giving her a bit of control, but we're saying, okay, that's fine. Your baseline behavior right now, you're, you're doing really great. You've had a great week. And not just behavior. Cause if we tie it to behavior, that sounds right. judge, like judgment, right? Right. But it's like uh, you, your baseline, you've been feeling good this week. Yes. Yeah. Abs- thank you for correcting that wording. Yes, for sure. And so we actually had this happen three weeks ago. She was actually on a really, she felt good. She was coping well she was communicating clearly so it was movie night here and she's like can I just try popcorn I really miss popcorn and I'm like you know what we can let's give it a try but we're gonna we're gonna keep track too right so just like we've done before so we did we gave her popcorn on the Friday night um and that weekend like literally the next morning you could see she woke up her eyes were glazed she just didn't look alive like she was just kind of uh Um, and her mood was, had tanked. Mm -hmm. Everything was anger. Everything was raging at me, disagreeing for everything. It was quite shocking. And that took about 72 hours to get out of her system. Like it just, we got the water going, drink it. And by the end of the three days, she was just like, I am never eating popcorn again, mommy. I did not like how I felt. I was not clear in my head. So there was some aha moments for her. Right. Yeah. Um, And so, and we need that, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, I was talking, this just reminds me of something a few weeks ago on the podcast, I had Dr. Jody Carrington on, on the show. And she said something that is true that I didn't like, but it's true. And she says, we need the dysregulation to have the regulation. I loved that. Yes. I loved it. And I'm like, but you know, but I'm like, no, because no. nobody wants to live in dysregulation, but we, but we all get there. But here in this example of your daughter with these food restrictions, and it's like, can I try? And I love that she asked too. It wasn't, it wasn't a fight. It wasn't, uh, a, um, I want to say disrespectful. It wasn't a rebellion. It was like, I, I would like to try. And you're like, okay, let's, let's just give it a try. Like, let's count it all an experiment. Right. Yeah. But what came out of that was a lot of dysregulation probably she was in some kind of pain, whether she was aware of it or not. She didn't feel good and it came out all over the place. But that just brings me back to what Dr. Carrington said. We have to have the dysregulation before we have the regulation. And there was that teaching moment there. And that's sad that she had to experience that. But that's what it takes for all of us to make those lifestyle choices is we have to realize, oh, I feel so much better when. Yes, exactly. And so our alternative to popcorn, just I'll share because I love alternatives, 
we've done for years is I take rice cakes and I break them up into little itty bitty pieces, put them in the frying pan with some coconut oil or butter and sprinkle on salt and fry them up till they're brown, throw them in a popcorn container. And they actually like my nieces actually prefer Aunt Darlene's popcorn. Like it's actually tasty. It's fun just to find those neat ways to do it. Right. And then yeah. you're not missing out. You can still snack and and, uh, and grab those things. So um, for our family, it's been 10 years and it's been a journey and it's been a conversation. It's never been about like, you know, yeah, this is the bad food and this is the, the okay. Like it's, it's just, that's on our list. It, it's not what we're choosing to eat. Um, we are needing to keep our bodies healthy. So for her reflux, for sure, for myself, even my own health issues, like it's hugely benefited me. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's a lifestyle, right? It's, it's become a family thing. It is hard because you got to go to family functions, right? And so, but you know what? I have found alternatives of making stuffing for her and I when we go a gluten dairy free stuffing. And guess what? Our family actually like my stuffing better. Oh, like, maybe they'll be asking you to bring the stuffing right? instead. So which that's is nice. become, it's starting to become my thing is like, let me bring, right? Yeah. Or let me bring the dessert and I will wow you with a gluten dairy corn soy egg free dessert and you won't even know. <laughs> and so, it's 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 have fun with it, I think, yeah. and start with those baby steps like we've talked about, right? Just make a list of the foods that, you know, if you think, let's try taking gluten out and see if that helps my child's behavior, right? Um, or even do the food journal first, actually. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, we did it really quickly because of her underlying health things. But if you don't have underlying health, um, physically health-wise, I would say do a food journal, um, I can actually give you the PDF of that that I used um, to post. Um, use the food journal and just keep track for a month of your child's behavior, the foods that they're eating, and just see if something jumps out. And then, you know, I, I find that, oh, sorry. I, yeah. I think that's really important. Like even when we do like a behavioral mapping tool, sometimes we'll do that too and we'll be looking at, and so maybe parents aren't aware of that and, and you can find um, a behavioral mapping tool uh, for FAS online. And if you, if FASD, if you don't email me uh, and I'll send it to you, but it's the same idea though. It's, it's yeah. looking at, okay, what, what was the behavior? And then it's looking upstream. Okay. Well, what came before and not just the immediate incident, but what, what are all the variables? And that's what you're talking about. Yeah. What is sleep like? What's the day been like? Have we been on routine or not on routine? Is there extra yeah. stress in the family? It's taking a look at everything. And that's what your food journal was too. It wasn't just food because it never is. Nope. just food. It's never just one thing. Nope. We're all complicated people. And there's lots of things that can upset our emotional well-being and our physical well-being. Yeah. So I think unless you have other lying physical health issues that you need to kind of go at now, but you want to go into this just to see if this is going to impact your child's sleep, their mental health, if you can, um, you know, then let's do the food journal and, and kind of just do that. And then you do the baby steps again, make that list of those foods, right? That are, you're like, they love this though, what I can guarantee you there is an alternative out there. What's the alternative to ketchup? Because it's a food yeah, group in my family. I do an organic ketchup. It's got much less sugar. So there okay. are organic ketchups out there. Have your kids get involved. Like my daughter loves looking up like recipes for alternatives. So I could probably ask her to find you a ketchup recipe that's healthy and she'll find you one, right? So there's alternatives out there, right? So just having fun with it, like I mean, if your kids are a bit older, right, and yeah. maybe resistant to it, like switching to the organic ones that are, are much less sugar involved or make your own, which is actually really fun. 
This brings me to the point that Dr. Jared made in the episode about excess sugar consumption. I would go take it a step farther to say gluten-free as well. Uh, it can be a bit pricey, can't it? It's a bit spendy, he said. H- how have you found that's impacted your family budget? Yeah, so it absolutely it is, I would say. Um, we do... Um, yeah, so the, we, I've tried making my own gluten-free bread. Forget that one. Like, <laughs> I love that. Just pay, be honest. Pay me enough. Just get, <laughs> get, buy me a loaf and throw it. But we put it in the freezer so it doesn't go bad, right? So, um, and my, actually, in our house right now, our daughter's the only one that does do the breads for my own health. I can't process carbs well enough, so I'm really kind of avoiding bread. So yeah, it can get pricey. So, but the price to pay, right? If you see the benefit. And you're having smoother days and your child's able to do routines without so much gobbling up their brain. There's not inflammation in their body and their brain, that gut brain. If it's flowing better, it can be a small price to pay, right? Uh, Um, Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I think at first, and this is why I wanted to have you on the show, Darlene, is because I think at first it can be, it can seem so insurmountable. Like, what do you mean I've got to change the all, all the diet? As Dr. Brown's been on the show and he's been talking about not just the sugar, but previous to that gut brain connection. And then I had researchers come on the show and talk about it and a study they're doing and they validated that. And you talked about reflux too. And that brings me back to an episode I did with um, the FAC change makers. And they are the ones who did the study that led us to learn in 2016, I think it was the 428 comorbidities. Like nobody knew that. Mm-hmm. 428 comorbidities. And out of that comes a, a high rate of digestive issues for people who have FASD yeah. and reflux. Like when you yeah. said reflux, my brain went bing, 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 bing. Because one of my kids has reflux and has yep. had reflux obviously since he was a baby. And so he's been on medication for that all the way yep. along. And nowhere in all of our journey with all of the medical specialists has anybody ever said, well, what, what about if you change his diet? Yeah. Yep. The hard to process process foods, which are gluten, dairy, corn, soy, egg, are really hard to process. And if your system can't process it properly, you're going to get the reflux. You're going to get the issues. So it is huge. Now, for that being said, when we're talking cost, like we eat a lot of whole foods. Like we will eat the just buy chicken breast and I cook it up in the crock pot and she'll have chunks of chicken. We make our own chicken nuggets, right? So I just buy chicken breasts on sale. I chop them up. I coat them in some gluten-free breading and away we go. And she's got those to grab and go. So um, vegetables, I mean, I know that can be hit or miss for people. But again, if it's in the house and you have it and that's the only thing, they will eat it. They, they'll come around. And if they're resistant to some, maybe not all, it's some for my kids. When they were younger, they would eat vegetables more readily than they do now not eating the cooked vegetables. Okay, whatever. I don't make a, di- a deal about that. I'll put some raw veggies on the table. Yep, and exactly. you know, without saying anything, I just place them beside that child and guess yep. what? They're gone. Yeah. I don't tell, I don't tell that child to eat them. I just put them there and they're exactly. gone. They're gone. Exactly. And yeah. the funniest thing are made good um, products that we use, which is made good granola bars and crackers. My daughter gets an absolute kick out of this because they are, the ingredient list is like shiitake mushrooms are in it. There's spinach, there's tomatoes in these granola bars. <laughs> So when she hands them to her little friends and they're like, "Ooh, these are really good. And they're like nibbling them. She's like, aha, there's shiitake mushrooms and spinach in that granola bar. She thinks it's a howl. So, well, that's awesome. But all the moms who are listening, 
Don't tell your kid that. <laughs> don't tell them that. No, just let them eat it. Right. Don't tell them. I mean, if they're readers, they'll probably read it on the, but, but you're right. Just don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. And thanks for sharing that. The made good granola bars. You know, if we take a wander down through Costco or a grocery store and we see all the um, things in the health food aisle, yeah. it can be really overwhelming too. And not everything down the health food aisle is health food. No. So you have to know. So I'm glad that you brought up the made good might be a safe option. Great product. Oh my goodness. We just love them. Yeah. Great, great product. That's good. Um, They make little crackers, like little star crackers that are much like the little fish crackers that people would give their children, but they're, yeah, they're just, they're gluten, dairy. They're all like allergen friendly. So it, it, it feels daunting. And the more I talk about it, I'm like, Oh, I can see where as a family, this could feel like, ah, but I just encourage you just to pull out some of the snacks. So the crackers replace them with a, yeah. with an alternative cracker yeah. um, and just keep track. Now, the food dye, I will say, is a, a huge, huge one. Food dye and preservatives. Um, if our daughter gets food dye, which she doesn't anymore, but when when we would maybe she'd get something at my mother-in-law's or, you know, somewhere else. Oh, the repercussions of that was like she was drunk, mm. like you couldn't communicate with her. She was belligerent. She would get just in your face, angry. Nothing could, we couldn't get through a transition without there being like a meltdown. Mm -hmm. It was literally like it just hijacked her brain. Um, And I mean, in Europe, it's all banned, like food dyes are banned. So if you ever go to a Britain, a British store here in Canada, um, we've got a taste of Britain store, all their candies are dye free. All well, that's good to know. Yeah. Right? So caramel bar or caramel eggs, Easter cream eggs. The ones made here in Canada have all the crap in them. Yeah. But if you go to the Taste of Britain store, their caramel cream eggs don't have any dye or preservatives. They're all natural because in Europe, it's all banned. Begs the question, what does it look like if you crack open one of those cream eggs and what does it look like on the inside? Right. It's the yeah. same, but they right. just use different colorings, right? They use oh, natural colorings. Different sources to still do yeah. the coloring. So I beetroots, um, spirulina is used for green. Um, yeah, so there's all ways of doing, um, and I buy now the natural food dye to add to our icing. So I can still make beautiful colored icing for things, but I just use the natural food dye. So that's the, honestly, if I, now that I think about it, if I were to say to a family, pull out the food dye first, to be quite mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. and see. Because that seems to be the biggest culprit in behavior. That's been talked about for years. Yeah. That there's been a lot of conversation and research about food sugar, sugars, preservatives, and dyes as it relates to behaviors and cognitive challenges for people who have ADHD. Yeah. The Western diet, it's so much in our face all the time, like the fast food, the convenience food, the prepackaged food. That, that we're resistant maybe to believing that research, but, but it is out there and it's solid research. And what you're saying is you've borne out the results of it in, in your own family. And as you're talking about those behavioral challenges, I mean, one of my kids just like, it just pops in my mind, like everything you're saying. And yeah. I do all my best FASD strategies and supports, but I'm wondering if that isn't the one more measure, one more intervention that yep. I could employ. And, you know, Dr. Brown's been talking about that too, again, in that episode where he talked about the gut brain health connection and the link to the HBA access, which is our stress response system. Yep. He was really urging all of us to consider getting involved with the nutritionist, getting involved with functional medical specialist. Well, really mm-hmm. what that means is a naturopath. 
Yeah. That's uncharted territory for me. And it makes me a little uncomfortable, but in listening to Dr. Brown and then talking with a psychiatrist and my son's pediatrician, they both kind of went, well, I've heard some research in that regard and I really can't help you. I think you're going to have to go the naturopath route. And so I did. And at the end of that consultation, the first thing she said is eliminate gluten and dairy. Yep. And I'm like, Frick, mm-hmm. that kid lives on like grilled cheese sandwiches and but there's <laughs> options. But that's yeah, where but, you come in. Because I'm like, right. oh no. Oh, I'm so excited. It's like, <laughs> no, but there's so many options. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom, right? Um so gluten and dairy, actually, yeah, most natural pastels pull those ones for sure. And if you actually do read up on it, gluten and dairy are have an opiate effect on the brain. If you really do the Googling and on mental health and people with mental health disorders, like they've even gone as far as schizophrenia, you pull out gluten and dairy and even some of the other allergens and you're going to see some of those mental health challenges dissipate because it, it, it puts inflammation in the body and the brain just doesn't can't process it. The body can't. And so then it just hijacks the brain. So um, it is a thing. And it uh, again, I know it feels overwhelming, but I get excited. Like when I hear you say he loves grilled cheese, I'm like, I'll make him one. <laughs> I know what to make him. He'll love it. He won't even know the difference. Okay, right? tell me. I don't like to cook. Tell me this. What, what would so I do the gluten, instead? There's, there's good gluten-free breads out there. I mean, you'd have to, uh, it did take us a while to find the one that we really love. Um, and then we, we found this really nice dairy-free, um, like a vegan melty cheese. And we finally found the best melty cheese. Like it melts like That's what I need because it's got to be on the down low. If he knows about it, not going to happen. No. So kind of get it in the house, just whatever. And, um, and if you have to take the vegan cheese out of the packaging and put it in a, like a reusable Ziploc bag, so it doesn't have a label on it. (laughs) There's your cheese slice. I love you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Add a pickle on the side. And if you have to use ketchup, that's fine. Cause I I mean, for me, I think grilled cheese is more about just dipping it in the ketchup, but the pickle you know, and there's lots of alternatives for chips. And I mean, my daughter eats the lentil chips and the kale chips and the chickpea chips. And she loves all like, there's cauliflower chips and there's actually puffs now. They're Brussels sprout puffs the other day. Brussels sprouts pu- puffs. puffs. They're, they're like they're in the chip section at the health food store. So, oh, wow. I mean, there's alternatives and I get so excited about them. So rather mm. than feeling that sense of doom and gloom, like, oh, I, I couldn't do this. It doesn't hurt to try. Yeah. Right. Number one. And the outcome might be really great for you. You might just see a kid that's going to cooperate a, quite a bit more and, and feel, feel better. Feel better. Yes. And then be able to think better. Like the other thing that Jared said in the episode about excess sugar is there's been even correlation between like uh, deteriorating cognitive uh, function with sugar. He was saying too, like, if you've got that increased inflammation and then, and you've got excess sugar and you've got all this going on, you see more, more mood disorders, more depression, more anxiety, more anger, more problematic mood, decreased cognitive function, decreased memory, even decreased ability with math. Well, those are the hallmarks of where individuals with FASD struggle anyway. Maybe not all of them, but that those are the hallmarks. Exactly. And then if our diet is contributing to that 
Yeah. You know, so what could we do differently? So we'll post that nutritional intervention for FASD. They're on the show. Did you have another story you wanted to share? I have one more story. So last summer, so um, I'm always on the hunt for something new that she can have, right? So if I'm at the grocery store and I see a new product, I, I'll look at it. I'm like, oh, yay, it's gluten and dairy free. And so I found this salad dressing. And I usually read the labels really good, but I kind of looked at it. I'm like, oh, it says it's gluten and dairy free. Awesome. And it was a Caesar, it was a, yeah, was it a Caesar dressing or it was some sort of dressing, whatever. So I brought it home and I was like, I found a new salad dressing for us. And I'm like, yay. And she's like, awesome. Well, it was the best. Like it was so good. So good. So that she would have, she has salad every day with her lunch and supper. She loves salad. So of course the dressing's going on the salad at lunch, at supper, her afternoon snack with her vegetables. She was dipping into this dressing. So this dressing became like a staple for her. So that was the, the, the end of June, all of July into July, probably within about two weeks, her anxiety was to the point I couldn't get this kid out of the house, like could not get her out of the house. I'm not thinking salad dressing at this point. We're just like, what is going on? Like she is like her anxieties through the roof. We couldn't get her in the car to go anywhere. She would have panic attacks. Like, unbelievable like just shocking and so we were just we had her respite worker trying to guide us and coach us we just could not figure out what was going on and my husband looked at me the one night we were kind of like in the trenches going like can we keep this up like I can't do this parenting like this is intense like and I can't do this like nothing I do like you're saying those FASD interventions I'm doing it all and nothing's working oh we were in a dark spot Most nights going to bed crying because I just wanted to leave the house, but I couldn't even get her to step out the front door. And it was probably the end of July. So we're about a month into this behavior and this this kind of upset for her where she's not feeling stable. And my husband looks at me and he goes, what's that salad dressing? Because that's the only new thing we've added. So I went running down to the kitchen, I think probably at midnight. And I'm like, I didn't really read the label. Let me just check. And I looked and I'm like, oh, my word, the first ingredient, which the first ingredient in any list is like, that's the most of what's in a product. Soybean oil. And I'm like, oh, soybean oil. Okay, (laughs) we've just messed up big time. Yeah, because you said you eliminated soy as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I went and I'm like, okay, I can't really, soy can't be that bad. So then I went Googling and I'm reading and how soy, especially in young females, who are in puberty and is very, very hard for mental health. Like it, soy does something to the estrogen. Soy does something to whatever. And I was like, oh, my word. Mm. So that dressing got dumped. It mm-hmm. was gone. Mm-hmm. And within two weeks, we had our daughter back. Like it wow. was, I wish we had recorders in the house for people to see like this is my daughter on soybean oil (laughs) and this is my daughter off of soybean oil. Like, so I really do encourage people just to, when you're having those moments where it's just, you're in the trenches, it's as hard as it is to think about changing diet, start baby steps, pick what you want to pull out. I think food dye is really the number one. If it's banned in other countries, there's a reason. So you know, gluten's not banned anywhere else in the world. So let's yeah. let's start with the things that are banned elsewhere because they're yeah. banned for a reason. So maybe yeah. try the food dye. And so now I hear people, well, what am I going to give my kids? They love their suckers. They love their gummies. 
Well, guess what? <laughs> there's an alternative. There's an alternative. So Yum Earth is the best. Yum oh, I'm Earth. writing that down. Write that one down because that's a really great alternative. Yum Earth has got all the candy. And now Dr. Jerry Brown would say, no, 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 no. That's still <laughs> sugar. No, 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 no. But in reality, you still, it is a part of our world, right? And I mean, I'm not saying to, you know, take all the sugar and candy away from your kiddos because that's going to, you know. So we well, do have that around. Well, yeah, because let's think about re- realistically, you know, like you said, we, not that we have to give our kids sugar every day, but no, you know, let's say they've gone, they're, they're, oh, let's say it's Easter time for heaven's sakes. Easter exactly. isn't that far away. When my oldest daughter was about seven or so is when we kind of realized, oh, sugar and food dyes does a number on you. And yeah. like, it was so hard for her. And I didn't know anything about this stuff back then, but I could see this sudden, change in her and, and all parenting wasn't working. It was, so we came to see that sugar and food dyes was really a problem for her. And what we did for a period of time for many years actually is when like Easter, we don't typically have candy and stuff in our house, but, um, at, at Easter time you do. And so what we did then is we sourced out, well, where's the sugar-free candy? There's got to be. And at the time there was, um, this was a long time ago, um, but at the time there was a nice little store right in our city and they sold sugar-free candy. And it was lovely, like beautiful jelly beans and all kinds of things and chocolate and different things so that she could still have her Easter basket. Yep. And I know like it's such a first world problem, but at the same time, you kids, you you want your kids to enjoy, you want to be able to... Again, provide an alternate for them and too, you know, when they're at parties at school or, you know, whatever's going on, are there ways yeah. we could provide other alternates for our kids? Exactly. Yeah. So Yum Earth is a really great one. Um, the only the other thing I would also corn syrup solids, which is in a lot of gummy candies. The corn syrup is the one that is also, if people ever want to read up on it, read up on corn syrup and behavior. And I think Dr. Jared Brown did mention corn syrup. And yeah, he did. Like, yeah. Um, it is a huge piece for mental health. And so the Yum Earth brand is perfect. It's quite lovely. Um, and they come up with seasonal things, which is really cool. So they, I actually found, um, not everybody likes them, but the Halloween candy corns, <laughs> like the little yeah. ones. Yeah, I found gluten, dairy, corn, soy, egg, dye-free, preservative-free candy corns. I was so excited. Um, so there's just finding that excitement and finding the alternatives, right? And being creative with them. Um, That's the key because like, like I said to you earlier in this conversation is I think when I, when I think about a dietary change, I think restriction. Right. And I don't, I don't think substitution. I just think restriction. And that's my downfall. What you're suggesting is there are so many wonderful creative substitutions and they're so much better for you. Let's have some fun. And I love it. So I'm all about having fun. Let's have some fun going down this adventure. Let's have some fun trying this experiment Yeah, Um, that I can make work for me. I think that's really interesting. Now, if your kids or kiddos are really little, I would say don't announce it. Um, If your kiddos are older, um, I would maybe have that proactive conversation with them, right? Like, how are you feeling these days? Or like, how, you know, or I have noticed, you know, mm-hmm. that um, it seems to be really hard to transition right now. And I, I have a couple of ideas or, you know, I wondered if you wanted to do this as a family, right? And, and maybe have that proactive conversation. So it's not like we're doing this because of you. Yes. Um, you know, your behavior is tanking, like, right? But making it a really family kind of approach to it, 
Um, and then, and then having fun with it. Like I say, my daughter now, she gets so excited when she's like, mom, it's soy free. I can, you know, or whatever. And she's reads the label and she gets so excited. Um, and, and then we're not feeling like we're missing out. Right. And you're empowering her to take responsibility and yeah. control of her own health, which is yes. The end game. I mean, ultimately, that's where we want to go because we don't always want to be. It's not a healthy place to always be policing our children and what right. they're eating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate that zone of parenting where it's always policing. Yes. So if we can, if our kids can recognize that, oh, I feel better when I yeah. eat this. And, you yeah. know, and as they get kind of curious about if we can introduce this in a holistic way, in a family way, in a not because you are a problem, but I think we would feel better if, yes. um, as we start, we can even, if our kids are a bit older, engage with social media on that too. Like, Hey, look what I saw on YouTube. Look what I saw on TikTok. And we could even yeah. send it to them. Cause you know, our kids are going to take that way before they're going to take anything from us. Absolutely. So, <laughs> yep. Use Absolutely. the tools that are out there too. Exactly. Yeah. Do your research and find some, some of those things, right. That then, cause it's true. There's a lot of times like, um, with my daughter, if I find something, um, I just put it up on the computer screen and I walk away and then she's like, Oh, did you see that there's a, a good health workshop at the grocery store? Can we go? And I'm like, Oh, there is. <laughs> right? So it's the magic. We, it has to be their idea. And when it it's does, their idea, it's work, it works. And so we've also done a food journal. You can get on Amazon and you can keep track of what you're eating and keep track of your mood. The one that we had, she mm. thought was hilarious because it had a section for what's your poop like. <laughs> so <laughs> every day she had to like, you know, assess what number of the poop that she had or whatever. So, but it made it fun. Right. Yeah. And then she could kind of start putting, now she is almost 16. So this probably yeah. wouldn't work so much with a five or six year old or, or even um, a 13 year old. It's not going to work with a no, it's not going to work no. with a 13 year old either, but so 15, 16. Yeah. It's going to start. start to give that control, right. Or start yeah. to work with them. But I think if you can start young with them, do this swap out and just make it a part of life. Cause I yeah. think that's why right now, as she's navigating her teen independency and wanting to explore more with her food, um, we're able to have the healthy conversations around yeah. it rather than it being us headbutting about it. Right. And that's so important. And I think back to families I've known over the years, you know, even where there's not about FASD, but let's say a child has type one diabetes. There's so much management and care and planning and intentionality that has to go into keeping that child healthy and safe. But my goodness, they get into their teen years and they just want to eat pizza and pop like everybody else. They just want to have a Slurpee like everybody else. They want to stay up late. They want to do whatever they want to do as much as they want their independence and their own identity, they also want to be exactly like their friends. Yeah. So when we think about some of these challenging behaviors in terms of kids wanting to take control of their food and and what they're taking, let's not, let's not make it that a pathology. Let's not make that that's about their disability. It's really about growing up and it's about wanting to be like my peers. But when our kids have um, education around it and we can do it, collaboratively rather than controlling, but can we, when we could do it collaboratively yeah. over time, we hope that our kids will be able to make good, healthy choices for themselves. And they're going to make mistakes. You make mistakes. I make mistakes. Yep. Absolutely. And then my gut tells me all about it the next day. And I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. So pizza's yep. out for me, you know, can't yep. do pizza anymore, whatever, but, but you can, there's an alternative just to <laughs> I'm playing for dinner at your house. Apparently I can, but there's an alternative. (laughs) There's an alternative. Don't say you can't have pizza. There's always an option. I love it. Okay, but you know what? I can't buy the discounted $5 frozen pizza. 
Right. But I can sell a pizza. I just have to find a different alternative. Yes. Okay. What a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. It is a definitely, I mean, we, when we know as caregivers, we've already had to shift our brain for our parenting style, right? We've had to shift our, our thinking on how we, you know, the interventions that we all do and that we learn about. And so this is just another one of those shifts. And um, when you look at the FASD medication algorithm that was put out through yeah. CAN-FASD, yeah. Um, before they even talk about medication, that first line is proper sleep, nutrition, and physical activity it's right in there yeah right so I think more needs to be done than because we can say oh well they eat their fruits and vegetables but let's dig into that like what you're doing with Dr. Jared Brown what does that nutritional piece mean on that medication algorithm when they say that that needs to be explored because they put that in there but there's no guidance for families on yeah how do we do that I love that you said that there's no guidance for families very few of us have any nutrition literacy. You know, like in Canada, we grew up with the Canada Food Guide, but it's grains and cereals are the base of our pyramid. <laughs> grains and cereals, then milks and cheese and meats and vegetables. And that's the pyramid, right? And yeah. we all grew up with that. So we're supposed to have, you know, four to six servings of breads and cereals a day. And your face went, bah, no. Bah. <laughs> and and what I was when last week when I was talking with Jared Brown about the uh, Mediterranean diet, which I didn't know about. So of course I go into Google because I'm a mom. So or all of us, we all go to Google, learn up something. And the Mediterranean diet flips that all the way around and it's heavy with fruits and vegetables. That's the base of our pyramid. Yeah. So I just say that to say when we grew up in the US or Canada, nutrition literacy was heavy with grains and cereals. And so yep. makes sense too, then as we're trying to make this shift is a whole new way of thinking for us. Yep. And we can all do new things. We're all capable of learning new things. And I guess I'm thinking too, is we think, or we're hearing from another generation, perhaps our parents or, or other people around us who say, well, I eat bread. I've drank milk my whole life. I'm fine. Great. I'm glad you're fine. Yep. We're going to try something different you know, yep. or those who are more susceptible to mental illness are more sensitive in these areas. So we're going to make this shift, but I'm glad yep. you're fine. Like we don't have to convert everybody. We can just make no. a shift in our own life. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And I love what you said too, when you're going to a family gathering, Hey, let me bring the stuffing. Hey, let me bring the dessert. Uh, again, we're not at odds with our kids, but we're also not at odds with our extended family because right. nobody needs that. No. And I love watching them all eat my nacho dip and realize that it's dairy free. <laughs> <laughs> and the chips that go with it are not corn chips. They're cassava tortilla chips. And they get, and they're like, really? And I'm like, enjoy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We're not that weird. It actually tastes good. So yeah, yeah. you're not just eating cardboard. Because I mean, no. I think all of us have tried gluten bread at one time or another, whether it's even just the gluten wafers at church when they do the um, communion the whole, or something. The, yeah. Yeah. The Holy Communion. And you're like, am I eating styrofoam here? Yeah. Like yeah. It, that. that there's more alternatives than just that. Oh, there's so many more. And like making garlic bread, right? Like the gluten bread, whether you toast it and make it with a nice yummy dairy-free butter and some sprinkles on it. My goodness, it's delicious. And so, yeah, it is a passion of mine. I get excited about it. I get excited about finding those alternatives. But what more importantly, I get excited just about the health for my daughter and yeah, our family, right? And seeing her as she's grown this has been 10 years of doing this so we've done this for a long the long haul and just seeing her aha moments as a teen now and for her to say to me we were driving yesterday she goes mommy I feel really clear in my head 
and that she can express that now, right? She She's aware of what clear feels like. She's aware of those days when she's like, I just can't do this right now. I, I, I can't. And like our popcorn weekend, mm-hmm, right? That was mm-hmm. not a good weekend, but she mm-hmm. knows that what that feels like now. Mm-hmm. And so I just encourage people, if, they're, if you're young with littles, reach out. I'll help. I love this. Like this is my, I love this stuff. Reach out if you need some guidance on the substitutions. I'll find them for you. Um, but just make the flip. Don't announce it to the littles. Just switch it out. Right. Have that. the new crackers in the house. Have the new suckers around. Just flip it out. As if they're older and you're trying to do the switch, then it needs to be a proactive thing where, hey, I heard this podcast and, you know, or whatever it might be. Or like you're saying, you know, find some little videos or whatever that you can share with your older kiddos. Yeah. Um, and then make it a family thing where you do a food journal. And, hey, how did you feel today? I mean, our funniest was that one that had the little poop thing in the pot. And so what did you eat? <laughs> what was your mood like? And then so then that just became a funny thing to do. Yeah. And then it brings joy to the family. There's connection. Yeah. So all of our FASD interventions are melding together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a layer. It's one piece um, that I think is a really fun one to do if you're willing to you know, give that a go and see if it impacts your family. I love it. I'm going to, I'm excited about putting this podcast out for people to hear and, and to think about and contemplate what shifts they might make. And I invite people who are like, Oh, wow. I didn't know. Like, let me know what you think. Let me know what your aha moments are. And if you do an experiment, let me know how that goes. Cause I really want to know, but also Darlene, you said, if people want to reach out to you, they can do that. Yeah. So I'm going to put your contact information in the show notes then so that people, if they have questions about this particularly, or they want to know a wonderful substitution to, like I said, ketchup or grilled cheese sandwiches, you've got it. And, and so you're willing to help and and give some pointers. So I'll put that in the show notes for people to reach out to you. Amazing. Thank you so much for uh, having me. And uh, I'm just, I'm excited. I feel like I should maybe go back to school and I don't know, go back to school for nutrition or something because it, it is a pretty cool topic. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, who knows where this will all take you, you know, but yes. we start on a course of, of, of behavior or a course of thinking to make our kids lives better. Cause that's why yeah. that's, you know, that's our job, right? Is to improve the lives of our children and vicariously yeah. and, and also our lives too. If our kids are doing better, we're doing better. Yeah. Really? Cause absolutely. we're in less conflict with them and less struggles with them. So it t- we start with understanding about FASD and now as we're learning and growing, it's like, okay, it needs to be a more integrated approach. We also have to look at nutrition and sleep and exercise. And it's- yeah. so I yeah. appreciate this. I've learned a lot. I thank you so very much. Thank you so much, Robbie. A number of the resources mentioned in this episode are listed in the show notes, including Yum Earth, Darlene's Facebook group, as well as the link to learn more about the nutritional interventions for children with FASD and the food journal that Darlene talked about. Next week, I continue my world tour and I take you down under to meet Holly Ann Martin to discuss the importance of safeguarding our children in the online world. Are you looking for a community of support? You've heard me say it so many times, we need our tribe. If you need your tribe, I encourage you to join the FASD Family Life Community. Together, we will deepen our understanding of FASD and build a community of support with parents who understand. The FASD Family Life Community Support Group meets on the third Tuesday of every month at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and I hope to see you there. You can subscribe today for only $10 a month at fasdfamilylife.ca. Thank you for spending your time with me. I know it's precious. And until next week, remember, the struggle is real and so is success. I'll speak with you soon.